FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, and we are about to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show. But first, I have to thank all of our amazing sponsors. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, Stay tuned for more info about a Pulpamex discount code on Michelin Bicycle Tires. Follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And of course, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsports.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. And, of course, don't forget to go to PulpMixShow.com for all the sponsor links and discount codes. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show, or you have questions or comments, or you want to submit a question for the Hello Pookie segment, just send them to DarkSide at PulpMix.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. All right, first up, brought to you by Guts Racing, which was established in 1990, and for the highest performance seat covers and foam on the market, visit GutsRacing.com. Tonight, Guts Racing brings us Mr. Craig Martin from WPS. What's up, Craig? Oh, not so much. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Excited to uh, get into another episode of Pulp MX, but first... Brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. If you want the tires at Cam Zinc and Sam Hill Run, visit bike.michelin.com for details. And tonight, Michelin Bicycle Tires brings us the one and only Gringo. What up? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, fellas? Not much, man. Really, really excited to get into this. Before we do, I do want to mention, speaking of Michelin Bicycle Tires, I've had a couple people reach out in the intro uh, I mentioned that there may be a, a code, a, a savings code coming soon. Randy says, uh, just go ahead and use the pulp code at motosport.com. That's the best way to do it. So I probably should re-record that intro at some point. But for now, use the pulp code when you go to motosport. Okay, guys, tonight we're going to uh, talk about episode 427. This was the first Pulp Mech show uh, from Salt Lake City little different, no callers, no uh, no video, which I've gotten used to, a lot of great guests in studio. Uh, guys, I kind of thought that this show might go a little shorter. I was expecting it to be shortened up a little bit and to have a lot of problems. 
But the reality is, it was good. It sounded good, Gringo. Uh, I was really impressed with Steve coming through. Yeah, man, I thought it was good, bro. There was a lot of good little topics there, you know, going on. A lot, lot of stuff going on. I told you. I, I told you a couple of things I liked. You know, you had the Blair bitch slap. Come on. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? That's freaking good. You had uh, Weech the athlete. Yeah. You know, I could go on and on, but I don't want to blow. I'll let you, you know, you take the lead, bro. I, got, I, I enjoyed the show. Very good. Yeah, we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, yeah, yeah. Craig, what'd you think? I thought it was really good. And, you know, when Mark's called in, um, they even had a little bit of the, uh, the, the experience tear off sound effects and everything. Yep. And I think Mark's was doing that from Las Vegas. And I was like, man, that's pretty badass that they could figure out how to do all that. Yeah, I don't. So, yeah, I, I didn't. It was, I know. I, it was really good. I know Steve imported some of like some drops and some sound effects on. He uh, he has this podcast. Um, I don't even know a machine basically made by Rode. It's a, it's a really cool box, and I think you can upload sound drops. And I thought I think that's how he was doing it. But either way, oh, okay. I was really impressed. I, I kind of felt like there'd be all kinds of technical issues, and there really weren't. Um, but let's talk about yeah. episode 427. Weege, uh, Jason Thomas, Daniel Blair, all in quote-unquote studio at some point. I'm, I, don't, I never really could tell if Justin Brayton was in studio or Sean Brennan was in studio or if they were doing that over Zoom. Uh, but a lot of great guests. No, they, they were there. They were there. Okay, see, I kind of yeah. – I, I thought he said that, but then at some point I thought he said something about Zoom, so – I, I was kind of questioning it, but it was it was a good setup, good show. Again, first show from Salt Lake City, a lot of good stuff going on. Um, Steve, you know, Steve uh, obviously talking about trying to get food at the in the pits. Craig, maybe uh, maybe going to dress up like a dig dug. I enjoyed that. Uh, I, but they're they're you know not being able to go in the trucks technically. That I I think Steve may be struggling a little bit. Yeah, it definitely sounded like that. It sounded like the. Uh him not being able to get his coffee and his food was more important than getting interviews and being able to actually do his job. But uh, the, the fact that he said that he told Sean he was going to tunnel his way to one of the trucks, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gringo, we know that Steve loves his uh, his coffee and hanging out the trucks, which I think he actually got to do Wednesday for the Wednesday race. But as of the Pulp Show Monday night, he was kind of struggling with his regular routine at the races. Yeah. Well, they're thrown upside down. They got a weird situation. You know, over there, weird situation. But you know, you can make it work. You know, the only thing uh, different I noticed about the show really that caught my attention, what wasn't even a negative, was the. Uh, you could hear like it sounded like it was an empty room, like it was a little hollow. Yeah, yeah. You know no. what I'm saying? But it didn't bother me because the audio was loud enough. Everything was good. As far as the caffeine's concerned, you could make it work, bro. You got to <laughs> work your magic. You know, yeah. you got to talk to the people that work at the stadium, stuff like that, make your connections. You know. Right. All right. Well, as always, fantastic guest lineup. Justin Brayton, uh, which I'm sure made Weez really happy, Craig, but just a great interview, you know, talking about I, I kind of like the fact that he said, you know, being in Salt Lake City is kind of like a vacation still that is sort of like maybe an experiment. Like he kind of seems like he likes it as of now. And some of the other writers and some other interviews that Steve's done talked about, like, you know, they wouldn't mind doing this like a, a weekday race at some point. So I kind of I like Justin's. Out, outlook on it yeah he was definitely positive and you know he and kenny are staying in the same house up on the side of the mountain with the with the, what he called a, a picture perfect view and um you know so they're definitely not suffering up there and uh they, they're they're in a really cool place and uh, getting the mountain bike ride and they're doing their e-bikes on the days that they want to 
not work so hard and they're doing their regular bikes on the days they want to work harder and stuff. I mean, it's, you can't ask for a better place. Yeah, it sounds like those guys are having a lot of fun. Uh, you know, a lot of jokes being made, Gringo, about uh, Weege, Weege having a bunch of fun without his family, maybe not wanting to go home. His, his wife doesn't listen. Uh, but it definitely – you know, we always talk about Gringo, the show being like buddies talk, you know, bench racing and busting balls and having a good time. Uh, obviously, Weege and JT and St- Steve have a great relationship, and that's part of why their uh, their chemistry is so good. And it seems even better almost up here where there's there's no wives and they're sort of on a, a you know, a, a guy's trip. Yeah, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, man, I know what you're saying, bro, but everyone's different. You know, uh, they, I would feel like if I was Steve, you know, I'd feel a little weird about my wife not being around, you know what I mean, being so far away, you know what I mean, because I ain't going to sit there and make love to my hand for 24 <laughs> days, I'll tell you that right now, okay. you know what I mean? And then yeah. we just a family man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's used to, you know, he, he, I, I'm guessing he wants to be with his family. But if you had to be in that situation, all those guys are all buddies. Those are the guys that you want to be hanging around with, people that you, you know, you're familiar with and have fun with and you feel comfortable with. So, yeah, you know. But all that aside, though, the show dynamic in Salt Lake City, does it seem any different to you? Um, I mean, because to me, like, I, I just felt like it felt more fun. I, oh, you I felt like you were having a night out with really the boys. Because the, uh, the the bottom line was I think Weege and JT are probably my two most favorite uh, co-hosts that are ever on the show when they're together because they are able to um, rip a little bit of Steve. They're super knowledgeable about the sport, whether it's from motocross or supercross, it doesn't even matter. And uh, And then when you add Daniel Blair into the mix, I thought that segment from the beginning of Daniel Blair to the end was just one of the best, actually. Yeah, I, so, I, I agree. A lot of a lot of knowledge and a lot of fun and a lot of banter and and uh, you know they were they were definitely having fun. Yeah, that that was my point, Gringo. I I didn't uh, go ahead and finish your thought. Oh no 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 no! I, I I told you I told you what I thought. I said I'm good with it all except you know I like to have my wife there, especially mm. when I come in and take a shower and lay down at night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trying to relax. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, I guess Steve probably doesn't want to come in and lay down. You know, in his boxers next right next to weeds, right? No, absolutely not. A bunch of ugly guys staring at each other. You don't want that. You know what I'm <laughs> right. saying? They're not in all in the same room. I hope. No, I don't think they are. Um, but yeah, speaking, I think weeds is definitely uh, been with his family a lot through the whole COVID um, stay-at-home yeah, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's probably enjoying being away just for a little bit because, you know, it's, you know, it's a lot to be in the same house for you know what? on I didn't even think it ever leaving. When, when you're used I, to leaving all the time, when you, you're used to being right, 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 traveling, right. it's hard to be there the whole time. Yeah. Gringo? That's a good point. I didn't even think of that, bro. You know, that's right. He's locked up in the house all that time, you know. <laughs> Well, well, you know, that's what I used to do back then is just turn on the TV, crank up Barney, and lock the bedroom door and, you know, get busy. There ain't no waste of time. You know what I'm saying? That way the kids don't hear you on the other side of the house. Right. Even well, when they were little, you know what I'm saying? Well, there were some good things that came out of the Justin Brayton interview. You know, obviously uh, Steve and the guys in their uh, race reviews and some other things have talked about the track conditions and the weather and the altitude. Obviously, that's a big topic. They talked about that a lot. And... Uh, you know, J- J- uh, Justin Brayton had some thoughts on it, Craig. Um, but you know, really, the, is this the, the big thing? Is it is this thing going to last the next six races, or I guess five races now? Uh, but JB was, you know, JB had a lot of good stuff. 
Yeah, he um, everything that he was talking about from their personal, how they uh, are dealing with it, their insight as to how to deal with the uh, the altitude or mm-hmm. the elevation. Um, I thought there was a lot of really good stuff that he put out there. And um, I joined the e-bike nation. So talking about e-bikes was a cool thing uh, when they were talking about all their e-bike rides and everything else. So uh, that was that was pretty fun, too. So JB's always a good interviewer. I mean, he's so honest and such a good guy. And um, I just hope that, that this year isn't his last year. You know, they talk about his uh, – you know, whether or not he's going to come back next year. And that, that actually bummed me out a little bit. I was like, man, I can't, I can't imagine it without JB being around. Yeah, I agree. And that actually gringo, that was one of the things I put in my notes. You know, he, Justin basically said, you know, there's, there's certain equipment, certain money, certain dollar amount, and a certain group of people that he needs or wants to, to continue racing next year. And personally, just listening to the interview, I don't know that those are those things. It'd be very difficult, I think, for all those things to fall into place next year with uh, you know some of the things that we know are going to happen at Honda. But that was that was a, I thought that was a good insight to what Justin's thinking. Yeah, that may be what he's thinking. But I say Justin comes back because okay. you know you, Justin he still got some time in him, bro. That dude's strong, bro. All right, and look at what you do. You, it's funny how fast people forget. I mean, look at what he just did in Daytona recently. It may seem like a long, long time ago. That ain't that long ago. No. You know what I'm saying? So you're putting that dude in on your team, man. You got, you, you know, you're going to get some recognition. You're going to get some visibility. The dude can ride like a rape date. He's still got in the city. is cutting me off here. He's still got it. Personally, I think he's still got two or three years left in him. No problem. Yeah, well, we'll see what he does, man. I mean, I hope he comes back. Uh, but, again, Justin being pretty tight with Weeds in that group, he fit right in, Craig, you know, with the, the – the, the not the bet but the deal he was making with weeds right that's uh that had weeds kind of fired up and you know if, if he could get on the podium which look realistically it's that's not a high percentage thing for him to get on the podium but it could happen but he said he Absolutely. would bring weeds family out pay for him to come out that was pretty cool oh yeah, yeah. i've heard him over the years talk about the the money that he spends to actually make sure that he does things right and i think that his you know, openness about the fact that he needs to have certain parts to his bike, certain parts to his uh, staff around him, and certain money obligations to be able to want to go racing. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I didn't really understand is why is uh, and the, the Moto Concepts team kind of not being talked about? Like, why couldn't he go back there? Um, well, I would have to think that there's some riders there that maybe aren't living up to their hype and or, you know, whatever, that I would think that there still should be or could be room for him to go right back there where he came from. You know, somebody actually tweeted that to Steve last night, I believe, and Steve just said, I think, what I, if I recall, his response was, you know, right now they're full, and that may not be an option, but it really, I guess that's up to the team, you know, whether they want to, uh, you know, I guess let one of those other guys go or make room for him. But, uh, you know, I think as long as, if that was an option, as long as, Justin could get again the factory equipment that he'd like and the dollars he'd like that maybe he would do that you know that's not not outright impossible you know and I think even weeds I think it was weeds that mentioned maybe the Penrite Honda team something along the same lines so it's not out of the question but uh it's it was a good topic and it was interesting hearing what he had to say and you know he has these things in in place or these things in his mind that he wants and if it happens he'd like to keep racing so hopefully we'll get him back and we'll we'll find out 
I guess, you know, and not that far from now, you know, six months or so. But um, let's move on. We've already talked a little bit about the fact that they're they're in Salt Lake City and they've got some downtime and all the all the riders and the team personnel are up there and everybody's pretty much buddies and they've been doing a lot of mountain bike riding so we got a lot of talk about that. Um, Gringo, what do you uh, what do you think about you know Weeds going riding with these guys and uh, you know JT and Steve kind of give him a hard time about his athleticism, wearing his mask upside down. Weeds is a, he's a character man. Dude, he's unique. Yes. That's what makes him interesting. I like that. And a little goofy. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, look, he has his mask upside down, but guess what? He was kicking Twice. ass out there on a the trail. From what it sounded like to me, people yep. were impressed with his endurance. You know, because when you look at him and the way he is, he's such a nice guy. He seems a little type, you know, like a little nerdy and goofy. But the man, from what I've heard in the past, he can run. He was down here in Claremont visiting Roxon and them dudes or whatever, doing a little piece supposedly he went running with them and all of that so yeah he did an interview run while running that's what i'm talking yeah. about you know how hard that is to do an interview while you're running hell yeah you know i know how saying? hard it is to do one while i'm not running so that was one of my favorite parts of the show when i heard that because me being an old guy you look at that stuff to try to you know push yourself and improve or do a little exercise a little motivated and when and i heard that i was like man that is so cool yeah that, uh that he could do that, that he's in that, you know, has that kind of blessing, you know what I mean, to be able to keep up with them dudes a little bit, play in the dirt, you know? Yeah, and that's part, again, What probably what was most enjoyable about, uh, enjoyable about Monday Night Show was having Weege and JT and Steve mainly, even when Daniel came on, it was, it was great, like you said, Craig, but those three guys are just always gold, and listening to them make fun of him, and you know, Craig, we just kind of like, yeah, yeah, playing along. But when I'm by myself and I mess up, man, I, my rage comes out, you know. And you made it like little Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I don't really know that I believe him, but it was definitely funny. Yeah. I, um, I, I questioned, I was like sitting there thinking to myself whether or not I could see him actually throwing something against the wall. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I'm kind of not buying into that one. No. I think that was a little made for tv kind of a moment yeah. there that he was just putting some fun fun into it but uh yeah we just he's he's definitely unique you're right i, I think uh uh gringo said that he he's a very unique person and uh most people i ever met from new jersey are unique especially if they're flaggers <laughs> so that's, that's <laughs> yeah yeah right uh i i lived in new jersey as a little kid for a little bit but i don't remember it but yeah we just definitely unique he's one of those guys kind of like anton a little bit to me that almost doesn't seem like from the outside like they fit into the 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 sport but but they do but they're just just odd you know and uh, a great part of the show monday night the other thing yeah uh, he's non-threatening he's non-threatening yes. uh, dog yeah. like you know like he makes everybody feel comfortable yeah go ahead craig and when i heard this he's pulling out after wednesday's supercross and going home i was like bum yeah oh yeah i was thinking we were gonna have you know six weeks of him or, or not six weeks, but six six more rounds of him being a part of the shows, every one of them. Yeah. And I think he adds a lot to it. I think it's not going to be the same without him there. And I was kind of bummed that when he said that he was going to pull out. So hopefully he didn't, and he's still there. No, but, he uh, left this morning. And, and speaking of that, yeah, just to add to it, I don't know if you guys have listened to the review show from last night's race, which they did late last night because they're troopers. But Steve's like, he's contemplating leaving early. 
you know, he didn't say when, but he just said maybe sometime next week, I think is what he said. And then JT's not staying for the whole thing. So we, we could just lose all those guys from actually being at the yeah. event, which in the end they could still do their podcast. But I, and the, the the reason is Steve is saying, you know, basically they're not really allowed to go talk to the right riders. Like they go, I think his quote was basically they get to the stadium early in the morning, they go to the press box after their race, they leave the press box and they go back to their, to the hotel. They're, they're not really able to go do their interacting like normal. So it doesn't make much sense to be there. But for me, and I would have to assume you guys agree, listening to them be there, like I said, at the beginning of the show in the, in the hotel afterwards, or even how it just, to me, it's something different. Like I feel they are having more fun than normal. And I think that's to me, it's it's translating into the podcasts and I kind of hope they stay. Uh, Gringo, what do you think, man? you think they're going to leave? And would it make a difference uh, to you? Do you think there's a, a difference? Sure. Come on. You need these guys over there to cover. You want to hear all everything, all the dirt, all the stuff going on in the background. And it makes for a better pulp show, too, to get all the, all the dirt. But on that note, if that is the case where they're going to be leaving early or whatever the case may be, this is where you need to step up to the plate. Call up Brandon and say, hey, listen, I already I'm ready to roll. I already thought of that. You see what I'm saying? You that need was... to jump on that shit, call up and say, hey, look, I'm ready. Yeah. That, Pack that... your G-string, your towel, your suntan lotion, and head <laughs> on out. <laughs> that thought went through my mind as soon as Steve said that on that wrap-up show or the review show. Uh, but we'll see if he, <laughs> we'll see how that works out. Uh, Sean knows well, we're going to get to Sean in a minute, so I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, right. There was some cool breaking news Monday night. I know both of you guys heard this. Weege got the text during the show or the email during the show, it sounds like, and MX Sports has released, a, I guess, a schedule for outdoors. It's a lot of to-be-determined dates, but the first race and the last race supposedly are in stone. And I don't know about you guys, but that got me fired up. Uh, Craig, I'm going to let you go first. I really like this breaking news. Yeah, it's good to know that there's definitely a – and, and, you know, I'm kind of with JT. There's nothing itched in stone, unfortunately. Um, I think that we're beyond the point that COVID is going to be the reason why those outdoor nationals don't happen. But I still am concerned because an outdoor national needs spectators to be able to afford to do it. They have no TV package that's like the Supercross. So I'm still concerned, like JT, as to how they're going to pull this off. But the most crazy part of the whole thing is the fact that they're going to go to Loretta Lynn's and run an outdoor national. And like those guys all said, that's the best super mini track ever made. I mean, <laughs> right. It's a small track. Yes, it and is. And I've been there, you know, 20 years. And through those 20 years, I brought Stewart and uh, Mike Brown and all those guys in as a Team Green guy to <laughs> debut our the, the following year bikes and debut the new 252 uh, stroke or the 125 or whatever back in the days. Um, and those guys would go out there and ride that track and they would come back in and they would just be like blown away that they can't, they couldn't imagine how small it really was, even though they raced there for years and years and years. And so they would need to widen that thing out a lot. They would need to maybe, uh, there's a, there's a creek right there and there's, I rode a GNCC there and there's a whole big area out across the creek. Um, and I, and back in the day, I was in some conversations about lengthening the track and, moving it over the, to that side of the hill or crossing the creek and going over there uh, as part of the, the actual track and extending the track. So I would like to see um, what they're going to do or when they're going to do it. 
compared to when the amateur race is going to be there because that's going to designate how much changes they can really do to it. Yeah, I, so, I, I, be interesting. I think that, you know, yeah, Weege maybe mentioned that. A couple, you know, they talked about the fact that it's not really, or Weege did say it's not a 450 track, but I, I would imagine Davey knows what's going on. He's been doing this a long time. You know, they'll figure it out, but I'm excited about it because it's really not that far from us, Craig. Uh, and yeah. Gringo WW Ranch is right now a go, not a no no date set, but that's close to you. So I'm sure I'll come down and get to see you down there. I'm just excited that we're still going to nationals because I know there were some questions of whether they were actually going to make it happen. But hearing this on Monday Night Show uh, was a highlight for me. I was stoked, man. I was while I was listening to Pulp, I was on my laptop, you know, like okay, let's start trying to book, let's see where these flights might be and see what dates they are and start clearing schedule because. Uh, you know, I, I want to see an outdoor national championship. So I was super happy that they gave us that news on the show. Uh, let's move on to Justin Starling. Justin is a big-time Pulp fan. He's done the wrap-up show with me. Uh, he's been in studio, I believe, once, or he was supposed to be in studio, and they talked about that, and he didn't make it over be- uh, with Michael Lindsay. But he's a big fan, so having him on Gringo, great guess, right? Just because he loves the show, he knows how it works. He's a good player. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed That was another one, one of my favorites of that episode, that show, because I heard about the guy. I know he's from Florida and all that stuff you hear from other people, but I never met the dude. And to hear that he's such a big fan of the show and that he has, he would love to come in and be a co-host or whatever the case may be, and to hear a little bit about himself and how JSR lived with them at their house yeah. and talk about his mom and Will call. And all that stuff, I found that extremely interesting. You know, it makes you feel like you're getting to know these guys, even though you never met them. You know, it makes you want to root for them. You know what I'm saying? So I thought it was cool when he talked about which was his favorite track, you know, because I ride those tracks he's talking about, you Mm -hmm. know, and I thought that was cool. He kind of, you know, I like both the tracks he mentioned, but when he mentioned that he liked that Orlando MX track, man, it was kind of like I get, you need that sand once in a while. You know what I mean? That hard sand to break you down and... And it's just beautiful. It was, it was a good – that was a good one. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that. you felt a connection with them. And, and Craig, yeah, we, we yeah. talk about this, right? This is something I've talked about many times on the wrap-up show. These guys – like you, Steve could be a, a professional media guy in any sport or whatever, and you could do your basic interview that we hear on ESPN or whatever. But Steve has these relationships with these guys, and so, do, so does Weege, and so does Don Maeda and Anton. But Steve – is different. The Pulp Show is different, man. You just feel this. I always compare it to the Howard Stern show, like the Whack Packers exactly. and the the people that the, the guests that come on the show are generally Stern fans and they love being there. And a guy like Starling or a guy like Adam Entenapp or whatever, it's just fun having these guests that relate to the show and are willing to tell their story and not just be black and white cookie cutter. Yeah, Justin's a he's a cool kid. I've known him yep. since he was on probably twelve to thirteen, maybe five, somewhere around seven, eleven, maybe even. Um, and his mom and dad are both really cool people. Um, I thought it was ironic though that Steve and Weech didn't know the Sterling, the mom and dad, because they have been involved in pro racing for a hundred years now. Right, <laughs> I was right. like so blown away that they didn't know. That John Starling is the guy that's always there. I mean, you see him in every single Supercross. He's at every outdoor national. He's always involved. And um, and 
Justin's mom is the person you go get your credentials from every <laughs> yeah. week. They never put so, it together. I yeah. Know, I just never really, I, I just was blown away that they didn't know them. But, uh, you know, the whole wife swap, I don't know if you guys ever saw that wife swap. I did. Uh, show. I did. But that was, that was really a fun time to be able to watch that. Even if it was scripted or everything, cause I know it was all done and fun, but, um, that was a, that was a cool thing that Starling did and, uh, brought a little more eyes to the, the sport while they were there. Yeah, when he when he was talking about that on Pulp, I was wondering if Gringo knew what the show was, but I knew he would love the title Wife Swap. I just like instantly thought, oh, that's right. <laughs> I didn't see that. No, no, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I heard him say that, but yeah, I didn't see that. Never saw that. Yeah, it was ba- the the basic idea was two families would come together and the moms would go to the other family's household. They were usually very opposite, and kind of interact in according to the show it was like for a week justin kind of debunked that but it was something entertaining it was just but it, yeah justin was on it yeah. and this, here's something yeah, that, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to check that out I, i'm more of a little women of la type of guy <laughs> yeah you, know you I mean? sent but, me that link i saw that uh yeah, yeah but justin mentioned this this is show what kind of fan he is on pulp monday night he talked about they're talking about fantasy and like he's into it he's a big fantasy guy He's he's one of those guys that's thinking about his fantasy when he's out there riding. And he mentioned Ron Dog or from the Dented Pipe podcast. Um, so Ron Dog had said, "Hey, I picked you that that particular week. I, it may have been Daytona. I can't remember. It was a few weeks. It was one of the last races before the break. Um, and during the day, Justin sent him a message to say, "Hey, don't pick me. Like I'm not." feeling it basically like thinking about this pulp fan and his fantasy and didn't want to ruin it for the guy but then he ends up going out and doing really well and he felt he said like when he qualified or he was racing he felt he was thinking about Rondog while he was riding going crap i just screwed this wow. guy and he yeah, actually yeah, yeah. sent Rondog one of his jerseys as like to apologize for kind of ruining his fantasy not pulp fantasy points night so that's that's justin starling for you right there Great guest. That's a blue-collar blue collar racer for you. Right yeah, there. yeah. So very good dude. Big fan uh, of the Pulp Show and a great guest. Um, hey, I want to, before we move on, I want to thank the sponsors again, Guts Racing. Obviously, GutsRacing.com. If you want the best seat covers and the best seat foam in the business, visit GutsRacing.com. And if you want Michelin bicycle tires, the best mountain bike tires around, I've got them on my mountain bike. They are awesome. Randy Richardson, obviously, a huge supporter of the Pulp Mech Show. Go visit bike.michelin.com. Or you can go to motorsport.com and get any of these parts, along with numerous other Pulp sponsors at Motorsport. Go to uh, pulpamexshow.com, and you can find all the sponsors, sponsor links, discount codes, all that good stuff. And speaking of sponsors, longtime sponsor of Pulp Mech Show, Works Connection. They're giving away a pro launch device this week from Pulp Mech. You guys heard about that. All you got to do is go to contest at pulpamexshow.com. Put in Works Connection Pro launch device or start device or whatever, and Steve will pick a winner, I would assume, next week. Uh, and apparently, as usual, I am not eligible, Craig. That's a bunch of BS. <laughs> I was just going to say, hey, I'm rooting for you, buddy. Yeah. I'm rooting for you. That's where that all started, <laughs> Gringo. I don't know if you remember, but it was the Pro launch no, no, device. I remember. That was Heather, bro. That yeah, was Heather. Heather got me on You're that one. eligible. You got to watch out. She, she got, you know, I'm telling you, after I heard that thing with the old uh, – you know, the foreign object object up the wazoo and all of that. You got to be week. careful. It's just, yeah, huh? little key for after dark last week. You you enjoyed that, didn't you? Yeah, no, I was actually that stuck in my head. You know, I was like, wow. <laughs> I'd like to, 
break that down further on another episode. But, right. you know, I'd like to examine that, bring a professional in and all of that. <laughs> well, Gringo, I'm going to, at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you an opportunity to uh, give me your thoughts on the, the hot tub segment last week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go back a week. <laughs> but I want to finish. we want, we got to keep going with 427 for a minute. Uh, Craig, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Craig, so my favorite guest of the night was by far Sean Brennan. Um, Sean is a great dude. He has helped me out so much uh, in the last, I guess, three years, three and a half years that I've been doing Supercrosses when I can. But his interview... Like, that's who he is. He is such a friendly guy. He loves this sport. He really wants this sport to be considered a professional sport, very much like an NFL, NHL, MLB. Um, but I thought he was fantastic on the Pulp Show. Craig. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's, he's uh, of course, you're going to say that you like Sean Brenner because that's your <laughs> I need him to get in all these super crosses and true, everything. True, true. <laughs> But uh, he, uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a good he's a good guy to listen to. He's got a lot of uh, insight, a lot of opinions, and and power within the Feld Entertainment Group through the media side. Uh, and he speaks well. And uh, I thought I thought he was good too. Uh, my personal favorite was JB. But uh, you know, the bottom line is, is that Sean was a really good guest. And they brought him back in later in the show. In yeah, the show actually. Um, because he was still there, and obviously he's a fan. Um, he picked Steve as one of the you know, few people, unfortunately for you, uh, to get to go to Salt Lake City. Um, and uh, you know, and it kind of back to that. I I kind of understand why Steve would want to go home because honestly, if there's no food, and, and it's not to be fun. I mean, yeah, yeah. really, you have to eat, and there's no place to eat. He's not allowed to go to any semis. He can't talk to the riders. And everything that he can see in that stadium, he can see through the NBC Gold app. So he's just spending a bunch of money to be there. Um, he does get some one-on-one interviews, but I kind of get it. I mean, if I was there and that's all I was getting out of it, I kind of think for you that it would be the same thing. It you're would not be. Gonna, you know, you're not going to be able to talk to anybody. It's not going to be anything like what you're used to going to that, you know, you might may as well go home, you know, because you can cover it watching the NBC Gold app just as easy. Yeah, really the only thing they would be missing, I guess, uh, is as far as the writing goes, was the first qualifying, I think, or maybe there's two. I don't know if they've changed it. I don't know if they're doing like an untimed and then a time that we're – I guess they are. There's an, an untimed like normal and a time that we're not seeing. Uh, so there's yeah. a little bit that we're not seeing on TV. But, yeah, and I think that's his point, Gringo, is that, you know, they're just – they aren't really getting what they need there. I mean, they can get interviews and they can do – Instagram or Zoom or whatever, but they're not getting the interaction in the pits with the riders like normal. But back to Sean uh, Brennan, gringo. Um, he called Steve an influencer, to which JT said, please, Sean, don't do this. Kind of building up the <laughs> ego of Mathis. But Sean's not wrong. Um, he's not wrong. He, he knows what he's talking about. No, no, absolutely not. He is an influencer. This thing reaches a lot more people than Steve even knows. Believe it or not, you know, and what what doesn't show in the analytics and all that. A lot of people talk about it. Uh, my favorite part about Brandon on the show, believe it or not, I could be wrong, but wasn't that him that was giggling through the whole show? He was laughing at everything. But that was him, wasn't it? I did hear him laugh a few times. Yes, yes. 
I thought it was him laughing the whole time. He sounded like he was having a real, real good time. And for somebody in, uh, I don't know, I think that's kind of a high-up position that he's in. He seems like a regular kind of dude, too. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Likes hanging out with the boys and talking shit, just like everybody else. He does. And Van Halen. You know? He's, yep. Yeah, Van Halen fan. That's that's a cool. Yeah, Steve Steve mentioned this, but yes, the, every Supercross that I go have gone to, the Wi-Fi password in the press box is a Van Halen song. Um, or like title or something. So like the first time I met Sean before I realized who he, you know, that he was a Van Halen fan or whatever. And I, the first time I met him, I was getting the Wi-Fi password and uh, he told me what it was. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to like this guy. So, um, but anyway, so there was some, obviously some laughs and I got mentioned a lot in this episode from a lot of different points. But the, uh, you know, the biggest one, I guess, was, me getting credentials and I didn't quite make the cut and Sean gave me a little bit of props and I appreciated that that you know and even Steve Steve said that I'm semi legit which I'll take that I'll take that uh, gringo from Steve because Steve doesn't give me that many props Hey, all joking aside you know being serious here the fact that you got people in the sport that means something in the sport whether it's riders management people promoters whatever the case whatever his title is I don't remember that they know the name Darkside, you're building a brand of your own, believe it or not. You're building, you know what I'm saying? So it's all about the brand. So Darkside is becoming a household name now. You see what I'm going with this? That's right. You're, you're, you're your own product. So the fact that just the fact that they're talking about you and joking around, that's a big deal right there for you. So I'm happy for you, bro. Now, I want to know, and Greg wants to know, Greg. Craig. Craig. Yep. Are they gonna, is he going to cut his ponytail off? What do you think? Will he sell his soul to the no. devil? What do you think? Heavens no. <laughs> mm. So what would you do? Would you cut it or not? So I got a bunch of re- a bunch of people like sending me DMs about this and asking if I would really do it, or a bunch of people say don't do it. I feel like, man, right now I'm thinking that if I got the opportunity to go to the finals, I'd be willing to cut it. Although with what Craig said, I wouldn't wow. really be able to wow. interact. But wow! Now, now the, you're starting to sound like Marks with the eight ball thing. But it would oh, it would shit. grow back, dude. My hair grows fast, so right, right. it's not like it's going to be gone forever. But I want to be at the finals. Wow! But then here, That's like breaking news. Yeah, Craig's thoughts though about you, like you really wouldn't be able to go out and interact. That kind of may, makes me. Ah, dude, it's a tough decision because, like, what if what if Sean I think says I'd save my money for the outdoors? Yeah, I guess. But what if Sean says, "All right, Dark Side, you can come, but you got to do this," and I and I say, "You know what? No, it's not worth it." Or no, then I turn it down. Is that bad that I turned it down? Now I know we're not talking about pulp right the seconds, but no, it's a no. it's it'd be a tough decision. But Sean Sean's point and what he was talking about though is, and Steve brought out the press conferences is you know being professional. Um, they talked about other people trying to get credentials, right? Or people that maybe don't deserve them. And he just, his point is he doesn't want just anybody to be able to say, oh, I have a microphone or I have a recorder and show right, up at right. Supercross. Joe blow off the street. Yeah, and, and interview the elite riders in the world. And I don't disagree with him for that. with that. And I'm very thankful that Sean has allowed me the opportunities I have uh, and, and granted me the credentials he has. So, uh, but I, I think I think what he's doing is great. I thought he was really good on the show. Uh, he talked about the dress code and even kind of mentioned me like with my <laughs> my uh, bandana on the press conference videos. And 
So I, I wonder if at some point they'll tell me I have to dress different. You know, they, uh, Weeds talked about wearing the flannel. So those things could come, I guess, and make it more professional. And if that happens, then I'll, I'll fall into the line, Craig. I'll just, if they're going to put you out on the floor, then you do that. On the floor? They're going to put you out there on the floor, you know, like Blair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then you got to wear all black. That's, I think yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to wear all black if you're on the floor. But regardless, Sean was, was a lot of fun. I liked having him on. I think Steve probably should get him on a little more often, you know, maybe once a year, once a season, something like that. He's really good on the, on the air. Um, let's talk about Daniel Blair. Daniel, again, one of my buddies, another great co-host, knows what he's doing, always has the, the info, uh, you know, and just – a great guest, Craig, and I really enjoyed the the banter with him and JT because you know JT knows. Yeah, I, I I enjoy Daniel a lot. I enjoy all the podcasts he's on. I enjoy him on the Supercross. Um, his insight and his segments that he does are you know from his experiences as a racer, and um, I I don't know. I just really enjoy him, and I think that he's got a. a bright future in this sport for many years to come. I, I do hope that he doesn't get misled over to that stick and ball side with football. He keeps talking about the NFL and all this stuff oh, he, and how that's his dream job. And I hope he doesn't ever do that because I, I think he's a great asset to the motocross community. Um, and he, he probably will be offered a lot more jobs and a lot bigger jobs than what he's got right now in the future. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, he, he does – want that NFL gig, any NFL gig, and he would be equally as good at it because he knows his crap with the NFL. So I, yeah. I, I would hate to lose him. But, I again, Gringo, like the, the running joke most of the night was Danny Blair to JT, and then it got going back the other way is, you know, JT, you understand. JT, you know. Basically, they're, they're both ex-riders, and they know what's going on, and Stephen Weeds don't know crap. It's kind of how, you know, they're just a little bit of ball-busting, but a lot of fun, and I, I feel like that's going to stick around for a long time. The uh, You know, JT, you know. JT, you understand. Gringo. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah no, I hear you. No, I, I, I agree with you. He's an asset to the sport, and then he's a former rider. But uh, but look, I like Daniel Blair. He's a funny dude. I even send him a couple of private things here and there, give him a laugh. But but uh, if he does leave and move on, which I want to see him do well, we always still got Will Christensen down there. Remember that. Don't forget about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. She's a lot nicer to look at than Daniel. Yeah, yeah. No, but Not Daniel's definitely drunk. good. <laughs> oh, come on. The fly racing mask, you didn't think that was was sexy? There's not oh, another guy that weighs the fly, flag more than me. Right. And uh, but that mask was just dumb looking. I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm an anti-mask person anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, well, uh, we're gonna get to the race tech rant. I'm gonna let you have. I'm, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you uh, give a little bit of your thoughts. Um, yeah. But, but it looks like it's like three sizes too big for it too. I think she's struggling with it. Yeah, it was falling down at one moment. She was trying to fix it, but yeah. uh, during the race. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Daniel, Daniel was really good. Had, you know, his discussion his thoughts on chase, chase Sexton kind of giving it to him on the podium. And that turned into a little bit. This is one of the things that you would thought was a highlight, uh, gringo. You really enjoyed this, this topic of chase, giving it to, to Daniel. Yeah, well, I enjoyed it. You know, I ended up watching it again, you know, and I, I, I didn't think that Chase was uh, giving him a hard time. I mean, they were joking around with that. I don't think Chase had an attitude about it or anything. 
I didn't catch that. Right. But it was funny to hear it on the show. But I didn't catch that at all. Not from uh, Chase. I, I don't know. Did you? Did you feel that he was being, uh, I'm not off the pace, like with an attitude? I didn't catch that. Did not you? really an attitude, but I think he, he was just trying to, yeah, I think he was just trying to say, no, I wasn't off the pace, like you said. But It, it was funny. Yeah, was yeah, funny but I think it maybe he just didn't like, he didn't necessarily like the way it was worded, but I don't think he was mad at Daniel for at all. Um, yeah, yeah. But again, a good, off the pace, were you kidding me? Go ahead, Craig. It was, it was a good running joke, though. Yeah. Let's face it, though, they both started at the same time, and they both ended at two different times. So he wasn't on the same pace, no matter what he wants to say. And I think he was just – he wasn't speaking to Daniel specifically about that. I think he was just frustrated. Um, And, you know, when those guys are being pulled straight off the track, they're still sitting on a hot bike for Pete's sake. And they're sitting on that microphone mic'd up, you know, platform with somebody standing 12 feet away. Um, It might – seemed like he was a little frustrated at Daniel. I don't think it had anything to do with what Daniel said. I think he was just frustrated himself. Yeah, and I don't think – yeah, I think Daniel was playing it up for the show, which is what we, why it's entertaining, right? It's why we laughed at it, and it's why it, they kind of kept going back to it, going to the well during the night as a joke. Um, but it just adds to the layers of the show, and it's something that may stick around, right? This could be something we can make fun of, Daniel – or Steve may make fun of Daniel down the road. Oh, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody else will get a little fired up at Daniel, and we the joke, the running joke may turn into like you know all the writers are mad at Daniel or something. But um, it was fun throughout the night. The more, Go ahead. The, the one thing that they didn't mention that I actually picked up on was that you remember in the earlier rounds there was always those interviews that Daniel always did. He always got second place every time. Yes. And, <laughs> and he wasn't always getting second place uh, this time. It seems like um, there's some changes sometimes. Um, but the bottom line is, is that he was always getting those interviews that went on and on and on. <laughs> Dylan he Ferrandes. had to be in the same picture. Yeah. He had to be in the same picture. So his his nose and the person speaking's nose were only about eight inches apart. Right. They're holding the microphone. And, you know, so he always was frustrated that he couldn't, you know, give him a sign like, hey, you got to stop, you got to stop, come on, stop. And with the way this was set up, we couldn't see Daniel. So I wonder when, um, I think it was McArath actually went on and on and on a little bit about, you know, praising God and all his stuff he was doing. And uh, I was wondering if Daniel was over there slitting his throat or anything, <laughs> telling them to stop. Because oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, they up. never asked them. I was hoping that they would when they were all together, but they they didn't get to that part. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know who's been good for that in the past? What's funny to watch is uh, Marvin and uh, and Alessi. <laughs> Long yeah, talkers. You know where they start talking and yep. talking and talking, which I don't mind, but you know they're on a time limit. That I just start laughing. It's hilarious. Yeah, so um, I want to ask you guys something with with the show history, right? You guys are both fans of the show, listen all the time. So we're gonna, I, I'm gonna get some opinions here, I guess. But Gringo, if yeah. you, uh, if Steve gave you the keys to the to the studio for a Monday night show, like he did Weeds a while back, right? And you were gonna run do the whole show. Give me two guests that you'd like to have on, and one thing that you might change or do differently than Steve. One guest that I may have that I would want on. Yeah, give me sure. one or two. Give me one or two that you just would love to do an interview with. Ricky Carmichael. Okay. That yeah, because that's I'd bo- that's funny. I would box him in a corner. Well, anyway, go ahead. And say I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say that's funny because when Weege took over the show, 
with Daniel and Weeds where they, they had RC on. So that's a, that's not a bad pick. Um, yeah, yeah, but that was just to break the ice. I yeah. want to get I want to get past the bullshit and straight up. You know what I mean? Let's talk about what happened that time with Steve and Ricky. Okay. Uh, without arguing about it, let's talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because now now we're grown men. We could sit down. We see there's a lot there. I like when you got a you know like a guy like Ricky Carmichael. I I'd like to know what made that. You know that dude was an animal. Yeah. So he's an interesting interview. Whether you like his personality or you don't. You know, so, he's definitely a must for me. Give me, is there anything it, that you would do differently with the show? Like any maybe change or this, if you had the keys to the yes. palace? Yeah, there's one or two things that I would change sometimes. And this is just constructive criticism. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm thankful for the show and all of that. But sometimes Steve tends to rush, rush some of these guys. You know, like whether it's a guy on the phone or, you know, let's stop that and go to the next thing. All right, that's enough. Whether ah. some, you know, may, maybe something that he don't like, I, I, that's, I don't like that. I want to hear the dude, what he's got to say. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. if it's something hot. Sometimes I know they try to avoid certain subjects to, uh, under the guise of getting off topic, but I want to hear, no, 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 wait a second, don't leave that out. What happened with Bowers at that house? Who got arrested? I want to hear all the dirt. I want all the bullshit. Yeah. You know, inquiring minds want to know. Okay. So that's it. That's just a little constructive criticism. And, and, and another little piece of constructive criticism. Sometimes he could be a little bit of a negative Nancy. So, you know yeah. what I mean? That's my personal opinion. That's yeah. my personal opinion. Don't mean I, I don't like the guy. I like the guy and all of that. It's just sometimes it could be a little bit of a negative Nancy. That's all. Just okay. a little polish up here and there. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. Yeah, you're you're right. He can be negative sometimes. He's, um, which but we love the race tech rants, which are generally somewhat negative. Uh, but um, it's it's part but of. But at the same time, when people do that, and he gets you know, and he seems like a little bit, that's actually entertaining also on mm-hmm. the other side. Yep. When they bust his balls about the e-bike and all of that, it makes me laugh. He gets all defensive. Right. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, Craig, uh, give me give me one guess and one thing you change. I would love to have Bruce Sternstrom on there from Kawasaki. Okay. And he's been around for a million years. He's he's come and gone actually from our sport into other sports and back into our sport. And um, he's the key guy at Kawasaki for all Kawasaki racing right now. And I've had the opportunity to go to lunch with him, I don't know, maybe a hundred times. I don't know, a lot. And we would talk a lot. And we would talk a lot about his view of the sport and what he thinks, and he gets referenced a lot on the show, mm-hmm. but they yes, don't ever mention his name because it's not always in a positive light because of maybe some of the decisions or some of the comments he's made about the sport. Um, and I think that, that he would be a really good uh, listen, and if I could pair up him and Eli in the same interview, oh, yeah. actually in, the, in the, the studio at the same time, I think that would be really good. And the, that the is, that's ultimate a good interview one. would be he, Eli, and AC all at one time um, so that we can get down and dirty on the whole dynamic between AC and Eli. But but more importantly, I think I think Bruce's outlook on the history of the sport and where it's going and where it's come from um, and what he thinks the sport should be, which I've kind of heard a lot of his insight, um, is a little different than I think what the public would ever imagine, to be honest with you. And uh it's never really been said publicly, I don't think. So I, hmm. I think that would be a really cool interview. Okay. If, uh, if he would be honest. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. I'm sure 
there's probably a reason it hasn't he hasn't had him on or in, but um, yeah. That's, I like I, that. I like that. You hear yeah. that, Steve? Do you hear what he just said, Steve? There you go. I like that one. Yeah. That's a good one, Craig. All right, let's uh, yeah. let's talk about a couple other things real quick, and we'll wrap this thing up. And you guys stick, stay tuned. At the end of the show, there is a new Hello Pookie segment. And if you guys have anything you want to ask Pookie, anything you want to know about Pookie, anything you want Pookie to talk about, anything you'd like us to get involved, you know, add on to the show, hit me up, darkside at pulpmex.com, and we'll try to make it happen. So, yeah, please let us know what's going on, what you think. Uh, we want to do some more Hello Pookie. She seems to enjoy doing it, so we got to record some more soon. Um, but all right, so something I took away from this episode, and I never really figured out exactly who it was, but apparently gringo there is one rider that doesn't like weege which seems almost impossible i can imagine riders not liking steve but not liking weege hard to believe um what do you think who do you think it is and uh why would somebody not like weege man you're talking to me right you're asking me yes yeah that's a good i don't know bro because i thought about that shit i just couldn't figure it out i don't know who wouldn't like that though how is he what is there not I don't know. I, he, he baffled me with that one. I don't know. I well, can't answer that. I'm gonna give. You, I'm gonna tell you who I think it is. I have no proof of this, but first, Craig, what do you think, man? Do you have any thoughts? I don't have any idea who it is, but the bottom line, he's in media. I'm sure he has said something that was probably true, and <laughs> these writers can't always hear it. Yeah. Um, and that's been you know the best part of Steve. I think is that he's open and honest about everything, whether you're sitting there or not. And um, so I, I just would venture to say it's just some writer that he said something that was that was actually the truth and the guy didn't think it should be out there yeah so, who knows? So, i have no idea who it is i i just something i don't remember exactly because i didn't write down my notes but while listening and walking through the house uh something got said and it made me think it might be uh blake baggett but i could be way off but that's what that's what i think really well i don't even i wish i could remember what the heck because I, I was walking into the living room with headphones in when something got said later and it just kind of went, Oh, I wonder if that's who it is. But, um, and I could be way off. It's, I can't see that. You can or cannot. I cannot. Okay. Um, good friends with Blake and his whole family from when he was 10 years old. Yeah. Um, they're just good people. I, I don't see them holding a grudge on anything that somebody said. You well, know what I mean? I've certainly and been wrong before. See... What's that? I said, I've certainly been wrong before. Yeah, and I don't think that um, we did anything other than just speak the truth about somebody. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't know, I I don't see that. We just took it of a guy for for that family to have a grudge. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting, though. It's just something to think about, and it was definitely had my mind kind of going, hmm, you know? Um, yeah. All right, last. I mean, if, Go ahead. If, if Tom, Tom Baggett can put up with Steve in his political <laughs> ways. You're right. That's far right as Tom Baggett is, um, they can put up with anything. Okay. You know what I mean? So, so it's, uh, it's, you know, I, I don't know. It definitely was something in the show that had me thinking throughout the night, and, like, I'm still thinking about it. Now I'm thinking about it even more because, you yeah. know. I, could I think be... it's more like a Bowers or a Freezy or somebody like that. That's not, right. You know, okay. Not, um, not a key player. All right, so I want to ask you guys both this last question. Well, one more last question, and then I'm going to let Gringo talk about last week's show just a little bit. Uh, Craig, what is your favorite segment of the show? Um, I like the voicemails. And the reason is is that I can't 
ever sit for five hours in one night and listen to this thing so that I could call in. And I do like to call in because I do have questions. I do have insight on, on certain things from my history um, with Council Hockey. And um, so I like the voicemails because it gives me an avenue to be able to still be a part of the show and still be able to hear what their response is. Like when they were doing the voicemails without responding and just running them at the end of the show, I didn't like that at all. Me either. Like, either I agree. I agree. Run them and and comment on them and, and give the give the people the voice because, you know, whether it's Skippy or you or any of these guys that are calling in every every show, you guys add a lot of great content to the show. Well, there's a lot of people that can add a lot of great content to the show. They can't do it on Monday night at 11 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, so absolutely. I think the voicemails are an integral part of that show that should be done. Um, every time there should always be room for voicemails because okay. I think it just adds a lot to the show. Well, they did play your voicemail last week, and um, in my on my wrap-up show, I said that was my least favorite segment because I get bashed so much. But really, most a lot of the when I'm not getting bashed, I like the the voicemails. They're they're good. Um, yeah. I just you know I, I get bashed. And on. I think that's a little bit of the Howard Stern thing, kind of. You know, they're just using the bashing to just play along with that whole thing. And again, for me, I would like to hear people that actually have something worthwhile talking about than yep. whether or not you do a good job on the, on the wrap up show. Anybody that doesn't like the wrap up show is not listening to the wrap up show. They listen one time and that's it. If they do like it, they are listening to it. And so all these people are people that actually listen to it every week. I guarantee it. They're just having fun. You know? Right. Right. And um, so, so I, I, I just think that it would be really cool to do here you know, some people actually have some insight about the industry and about the sport and, uh, and, what, and what they have to offer to the show. Okay. Gringo, what's your favorite segment? I told you one of my favorite segments was the voicemails. I'm, I'm, I agree with Craig 100%. Look, if it wasn't for the voicemails, I wouldn't even be talking to one of you two guys right now. <laughs> That's how I – you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you, yeah. you don't realize it. That, that, those voicemails are a diamond in the rough, whether it be somebody who's very analytical that wants to talk about the racing or whatever happened, and, you know, with stuff like that, or it's Joe Blow sitting at the kitchen table drunk off his ass that doesn't – that is unintelligible, or the with the weird accents, 480 Phil from Boston or wherever he's from, from the guy that's living in the backwoods in the swamp. You know, they're all, to me, the accents are interesting. Uh, the people are interesting. People are interesting. So I like listening to, the, I, I love the voicemails, especially like Craig said, uh, when they when they break them down. Like, oh, this guy's a beanbag. That guy was great. <laughs> this dude's hilarious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I, 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 I don't know. It's like a little treat. You know what I'm saying? It was like a, it was like a cigarette after your coffee if you smoke. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I enjoyed it. All right. I enjoyed it. You got me. You got me. Kind of. You guys together have me more excited about the voicemails now. I'll uh, I'll accept I'll accept my bashing for the other good ones. Like your your voicemail last week was great, Craig. So yeah, good job. Um, all right, Gringo. I'm going to give you a couple minutes. I probably should have had you on last week for this, but the uh, the the first inaugural. Hot tub segment, Moto Concepts, uh, Smart Top, Bullfrog Spa, hot tub segment with Heather Kiefer and the beautiful Pookie Mathis. You texted yeah. me some thoughts, and I want to give you a chance to express yourself about what you thought about that segment. Right now? Yeah, man, do it. You've been. Oh, 
okay. and before before you say anything, so you, you, you sent me this text, and it's classic gringo, and I I sent it to Pookie. Well, at first I told Pookie that you were very positive, and she wanted to hear what you had to say, and I sent it to her, and she loved it. So I feel perfectly fine with you expressing it here openly on on the air. Well, you got to remember, I'm a married man here. You know what I mean? So I got to be respectful. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You can so, do that. So, so you know how I feel, you know. Uh, but uh, but uh, what really, <laughs> that show, that was fantastic. <laughs> I got so much to say, bro, but I, I got to restrain myself. I got oh, you know, okay. to conduct myself. But, but listen, uh, what really stuck in my head about that segment was the the uh, foreign object in the old wazoo. <laughs> that was the key, that for, after, that was key for after dark. That was later. But that was the same day, though. Yes. Right? Yes. That was the same day. I want to... I, I, that's what I really want to examine. That, that, that's that got my interest. But as far as the hot tub is concerned, uh, I thought it was great. I thought it worked awesome. I thought... I found it extremely interesting how I thought that Pookie was trying to nudge up to, uh, I saw that leg moving around in the water there. You see the, did you see the current moving and the leg waving up and down? Yeah. In the water, I saw some action going on over there. And I'm, if I'm Steve, I'm pulling my, my girl up close to me there. Get on over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what's going on there. Pull that woman over and uh, do that interview side by side or sitting on my lap. You feel me? I, 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 there's I feel nothing you. negative about that. That was a good... Uh, that was a good segment there. Yeah, I so, appreciated so it. You would like to see it return, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What are you kidding me? <laughs> Shit. Well. No I, doubt about it. You and you already know why, but hey, listen, man, I got I you know, I don't want to get my ass kicked when I right. get home neither. Well we we'll we'll wrap that up then. I uh I just knew that you you enjoyed it, and it was it was like you said the Kiefer After Dark segment. I'm sure everybody remembers that Chris said that Heather wants to. Uh, you know, uh, probe him apparently. So yeah, what's up with that? I what? don't know. We're not we're not going to get into that right now, Gringo. I don't know that Craig and WPS wants to do that. So we'll. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. He, about he's that. a professional, I'm but I'm a truck driver. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Okay, well, that's uh, that's some, that's something <laughs> for another time. Either way, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. About the, the yeah, of course. So so back to the back to question about Pookie. So, I gotta tell you, I got like, uh, a good fake loop as much as anybody. Um, just needed. But, the bottom line is, is that she is an awesome girl, and she does not need to do that. That There's no reason for her to need to do that. Um, and I thought that she looked great, and I thought that, you know, just do her. She's doing her. Yep. She does her great, and she just needs to stay doing her because she's she's a great gal, and I think Steve's very lucky. So, uh, I 100 percent agree. It you know I get I get a little like I'm kind of like Kiefer, right? I as far as uh, it, I'm more emotional, I guess, than probably some guys want to admit or whatever. And when I hear Pookie off mic say, I think it was off mic, or maybe she said something later, but she said she felt inadequate. That bothers no, she me. Said that yeah, she said that live. Okay, I thought, and, I uh, thought so, and I, and I felt. And I hope that that's why I wanted to say it because I hope she didn't really mean that. I mean, the oh, bottom line is you have to gigantic things right in your face, pointed right at you. And um, but the bottom 
the bottom line is that she doesn't need that. That's not that's not going to make her. And and the other part of that whole segment was actually the week before when they were talking about the fact that they were going to go to the hot tub. Mm-hmm. Kiefer offered up Heather to wear uh, pulp stickers, pasties. As pasties. Yep. And he offered that up like he didn't even he didn't even think he has to ask Heather like. And I was just sitting there like one. Is she really like that kind of woman that that she would just do whatever Kiefer said was what she needed to do? I know, know, or I know him pretty well, and I don't think it's she'll do whatever he says. I think he just knows that she stuff like that doesn't bother her. That she's down. Yeah, she's pretty easy going with it. In front of forty thousand people, that might be a little bit different. You know, it's one thing to wear pasties in front of Steve and his wife, right? If they're out in the hot tub together, but it's another thing to to you know do it in front of 40,000 people. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I just, I can't imagine ever being with a woman and offering that up without <laughs> saying, at least saying, hey, you know, I can ask. Right, Steve, right. Maybe maybe we can get her to wear a pulp sticker, you know, whatever. I just, it just was like, he was like so positive <laughs> she that she would do that. And I, I was blown away that he thought that that was just totally acceptable and able to be done. And again, I would I wouldn't turn it off, but right, you know, right. the bottom line sure. is, is that, <laughs> the bottom line is I just, I just was surprised that that was such a, a no-brainer for him. To yeah. Offer. Well, they're they're an interesting, uh, unique couple, but as far as what you said a second ago, yeah, I do, I fully believe that Pookie, at that moment, did feel inadequate, because she's talked about that on There's Pookie. No reason uh, to Hello Pookie. With no reason at all. Right. Well, that's my point is, she's, she's talked with me about that on Hello Pookie, and she said stuff on the show about that and that's one of the reasons she was considering getting the, the the work done and you know ultimately decided not to but um when i texted her so gringo basically said had texted me that you know she looked great same thing you said craig she looks great the way she is that was basically what he said and i told her i said hey i just texted her i said just so you know you know gringo sent me a message and he he didn't even mention heather he only mentioned you and, you know, don't feel inadequate. That was my text. And she's like, oh, now i got to hear what he said. So I forwarded it to her. And she, her, her response was, that made my day. Thank you so much. So I do yeah. think she struggles with that a little bit, you know. And, um, All women do, bro. Sure, of All course All women that's do, true. bro. You, you, you know, that's what I'm trying to say. And everyone's yeah. got different tastes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Everybody yeah. don't fit in the same cookie-cutter thing. You know, like me personally. I like a lady on the street and a freak in the bed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I understand. That's my motto. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So everyone's got their own taste. That's all. Nobody's yeah. knocking nobody, but inadequate? <sighs> Far from it. Don't worry about Agreed. that. Agreed. You, know, you already know how I feel. Yeah. Now, we've we've gotten a pretty far off, I think, the, the episode 427 yeah, wrap-up. Now, now we're going into another realm yeah. here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So- <laughs> So we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, this is dark side after dark. <laughs> so Craig and Gringo, thank you so much for some of your time tonight. I want to thank Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Motorsport.com. Go to PulpMXShow.com and use all the sponsor codes you can. Spend your money. Support the show. Don't forget the Amazon link where Steve gets a little part of our our money every time we shop on Amazon. But anyway, um, Dark Side, thanks again for guys listening. Thanks to Gringo. Thanks to Craig Martin. That's a wrap. We're out of here. Hello, Pookie. What's up? It's Chad Reed. The right okay, fellow jerkies. Find a nice, quiet place and get comfortable. 
It's time for Hello Pookie. She loves new kids on the block, Howard Stern and Adam C. and Cirillo. She's Pookie Mathis. Hello, hello. All right, the next question is, what was the final decision on enhancements? Quote, unquote, boobs. Um, I know you've kind of made the decision. I've heard this, but I don't know if it was ever actually said on the Pulp Show. Um, I can't remember if we talked about it on the Pulp Show or not, but yeah, I'm definitely not going to do it. I just, I'm going to be 42 years old. Like, it's over. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that. Um, you say, what does it, what does it's over mean? What does that mean? Because first I know, of all. I shouldn't say that because I do feel like my life is kind of just beginning in certain ways too because like 40 is the new 29, right? But Absolutely. Like, I don't know. I guess I just mean like. I'm at a point in my life where I should be, I feel like I should be beyond that. And I am beyond that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you followed Evie, Evie, um, or Ellie Reed's journey with getting her boobs out. And mm-hmm. she talked about how when she was young and she was insecure and it was important for her to be the trophy wife and everybody's looking at me and I want to look good. And, you know, I just want to feel like I'm kind of, you know, not that I'm not vain or anything. Like I definitely want people to see me and not be like, Oh God. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like the the risk is not worth what I would get out of it. I'm not okay. even sure that I would love it on me. Um, I feel like it might make me feel like I'm fat or it would be in my way or the pain. <laughs> I'm really big wimp. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just don't feel like for what I would get that it's worth it. So I'm I'm not going to do it. But I did start sessions with a personal trainer today. I've been back at the gym. So oh, I am nice. going to try to work on my body, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go under the knife. Yet. Okay. Well, it, you, you've talked about, insecurities in the past uh that's one of the reasons you kind of joke and wanted to wear the the babinda mask um but then at other times you're extremely confident in like you're outgoing you're when you're talking you're very confident um where do these insecurities come from i don't know i know that's funny that you say that i realize about the mask too but that's real like that really is real i I hate that for you i feel like i don't want people to be looking at me because I don't know. I mean, not that they're looking at me to pick me apart or something, but, you know, when you look at somebody, you judge the way that they look, and I don't always True. love the way that I look, and, you know, I don't know. I guess that just goes back to vanity or something, but no, I just genuinely no, don't, I don't like the way that it feels when people look at me and judge me, and I feel like when I'm on the camera that that's what's happening, and I, I felt that a lot at the races, too. It's mm. taken me a long time to be comfortable to just walk around the pits. And, you know, just be comfortable. I mean, and not everybody's looking at me. I'm nobody. Nobody even really knows who I am. So I don't even know what I'm thinking. I think it's just part of my anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. Insecurities maybe from junior high school. Um, yeah. I mean, and you say I'm outgoing sometimes. I mean, I am, but I feel like a lot of those times, too, I'm just kind of acting like. You're forcing it. <laughs> oh, I feel like I should be. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's genuine, but it's, it also feels like I'm putting on like a character. Like I want to be perceived as this person. I want people to think that I'm friendly and bubbly mm-hmm. and nice and outgoing. So that's what I'm being. Gotcha. Yeah, that's tough. I I have somebody in my family that deals with those kind of things, the anxiety and some of that stuff. And I, I get it's hard for me to not not having that. It's hard to understand you know, put myself in those shoes. I can't really do that, but it makes me feel bad that you, people that have those issues struggle with that kind of thing. And I was wondering if when you first started considering getting the uh, breast augmentation, if that was part of that, that you thought it would give you confidence, you know, cause we know Steve isn't, Steve said, you know, it doesn't matter me do whatever you want. So it's not him going, Hey, I want you to do look this way. It's yeah. something that you wanted to do for yourself. And was that part of the initial reason? 
Uh, I think part of it came from when I lost weight. Um, mm-hmm. I started to feel better about the way that I looked, which I never I never thought that I would care before. Uh, I was never like, oh, I want to be skinny so that I can be hot, so that people will look at me and think that I look good or anything like that. Um, but then when I did lose weight, I did feel more confident about myself. Like, I just liked it better for myself. Nice. And I was just thinking, like, maybe I would even like it more if, you know, I had, like, an even more Barbie body, like uh, I guess I you would you. say. But, yeah, so that I mean, that's where I was thinking of it. Plus, my sister had got her boobs done. You know, my mom had breast implants her whole life. So, like, you know, I always had boob envy. Like, I right. told, you know, before, that's one of the reasons why I wanted it, too, because, you know, you see girls with boobs all over the place, and it's, <laughs> you know, you want that for yourself. I just wonder, like, you just imagine what their life must be like to just walk around with, you know, boobs like that. Well, I guarantee you <laughs> that their life is the same as your life. You know, there's high moments and low moments. and I know, yeah. I know. It's do you ever do you yeah. listen to any other podcasts like uh, uh non moto obviously non moto type stuff do you listen uh just the howard stern show okay like, yeah no no podcast or anything like i don't that, know though. if i mentioned this before but uh at, at another time i listened to dax shepherd's armchair expert and, mm-hmm. and he talks about stuff like that a lot like he talks about when he was a kid and his dream was to you know if he told himself as a kid that 10 years from now you're gonna be an actor on punk or whatever, when he started out, right. you're going to have money and you're going to be doing okay. He would have thought it was the greatest thing in the world. But then when he got to that point, he realized, well, that, that doesn't make me happy. That's not what life is about. And every stage he goes, well, then I, I'm making whatever, you know, a million dollars a year. Well, that, that should make me happy, but that's not what made him happy. And he said, well, maybe if I make $2 million a year and I get a star of a movie and he started a movie and it still wasn't what made him happy. It's like those, you know, you always, think that this thing this image of what you think is the the greatest in life is going to make you happy but it's really not about that it wasn't until basically he had his kids right and he, he met Kristen and got Kristen bell and got married and had kids and then he realized this is what this is what makes me happy he got sober um so it's not so much like boobs aren't wouldn't make you happy it's it's something internal like like you you'd love spending time with your dogs and your husband those are the things that are going to make you happy Right. Yeah. And we've talked about, um, yeah, just how lucky we are. I think he told me, I don't know, somebody checked in on him, a cousin. Oh, my cousin reached out to me. I haven't talked to them in years and asked, you know, how we were. I'm like, yeah, did you tell her that, you know, we have the best life ever and that we're living our best lives and that we're so happy all the time? Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I regret not having kids sometimes. And, um, you know, I know it's a sacrifice, but on the other hand, you know, we do get a lot of freedoms, you know, with each yeah. other and with ourselves and stuff. So we're, we're also very lucky. So I try to definitely focus on the good things and, you know, stay positive in my life. And I'm, you know, definitely a happy person and happy with, That's good. you know, myself and with Steve and everything. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be sad that I don't have boobs. So it's fine. Whatever. I have other things in life. <laughs> well, regardless of what the person on the YouTube comment said, you're a beautiful woman. You're a beautiful spirit. I, I got a chance to hang out with you a couple of times. You're funny. And, and I, I really enjoy getting to know you a little bit. And I think most of the fans, 99% of the fans love you because you're entertaining and you're sweet and funny. And so, um, yeah, that one person, there's always going to be haters. So just, you can't even let those people affect you. Yeah, I'm not going to, I wouldn't, I would give advice uh, to anybody else. Don't focus on that one person. So, Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't want to do that for myself either. So, yeah. There you go. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show?
Sophia.